Hello, welcome to the Will Preach for Food podcast. I'm Doug. I'm a pastor at Faith Lutheran Church in Shelton, Washington, here on a beautiful May afternoon. We are a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America. You can learn more about faith at our website, www.faithshelton.org. This is being recorded for, the, for May 7th, 2023. Uh, today's sermon title and theme is A Strong Faith. I want to thank you for choosing to listen to this particular podcast today. And my prayer is that the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, will be acceptable to God. After all, God is our rock and our redeemer. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Then I want to invite you to open up to the Gospel of John, chapter 14, beginning at the first verse. We're going to be reading from John chapter 14. A little bit later, we'll be looking at Romans chapter 14 as we continue our series through the book of Romans. But we're going to begin with John 14. These are familiar words for many of us. In verse 1, Jesus says, Do not let your hearts be troubled, he says to his disciples. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? If I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said, wait a second, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. Philip said, so Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me, Jesus says, has seen the Father. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Two or three things that I always take away from this passage. Um, The first is a song that I learned way back in Sunday school. Uh, I am the way and the truth and the life. That's what Jesus says. I am the way and the truth and the life. That's what Jesus says. Without the way, there is no going. Without the truth, there is no knowing. Without the life, there is no growing. I am the way and the truth and the life. That's what Jesus says. But as I've gotten older, along with that song, and I think about funerals. And I look at this passage, and it is one of the most blessed and beautiful passages, one of the most clearly articulated ways that the gospel promise is shared. Jesus looks at his disciples who are grieving, who are anxious, who are worried, And he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And he goes on to talk about how how in his father's house are many mansions. And he goes to prepare a place for us. I can't tell you how many times I've read this passage in a hospital bed, at a graveside, at a memorial service. The blessed assurance that as Paul says back in Romans chapter 8, there is nothing in all creation that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, not even death. Jesus is assuring them that even as I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come back 
and I will take you to be with me, that where I am, you may be also. I guess I also think about an old audio adrenaline song from about the year 2000. It's a big, big house with lots and lots of rooms. It's a big, big table with lots and lots of food. It's a big, big yard where we can play football. It's a big, big house. It's my father's house. Today, I I pay attention to verse 8, in which Philip asks uh, Jesus to show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. And Jesus says, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. This is such an important thing to understand that, that even the disciples are wondering, well, Jesus, what else do we need to know? We follow you, we trust you, but, but what else do we need to know? What else do we need to see? And Jesus says, I am all you need. <laughs> I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you know me, you know the Father. Everything you need to know about God is right here in Jesus. And it's the truth for us as well. As Christians, Jesus is all that we need. There is no hidden knowledge. There's no next level. There's no secret handshake. There's nothing behind the the curtain. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. His grace is sufficient for us. Moving ahead to Romans 14. I want to look as well at at this passage. In some ways, Paul is answering a similar question. Uh, What do we need to do? Uh, What do we need to, to know in order to get into heaven? Right? And in particular, in Rome, there were questions about worship practices and about dietary restrictions, about holy days. How often do we need to go to church? Uh, dietary restrictions. Is it okay to eat bacon? And I suppose you mix them together. Can I eat bacon at church? Well, as you can imagine, there were in Paul's day, as in ours, differences of opinion, differences in practice in many of these matters. So I'm going to read uh, from Romans chapter 14, beginning at the first verse, and I'm going to read it from the message translation. Paul writes this, Welcome with open arms fellow believers who don't see things the way you do, and don't jump all over them every time they do or say something you don't agree with, even when it seems that they are strong on opinions but weak in the faith department. Remember, they have their own history to deal with. So treat them gently. For instance, Paul says, a a person who has been around for a while might be well convinced that he can eat anything on the table, while another, with a different background, might assume that he should only be a vegetarian and eat accordingly. But since both are guests at Christ's table... Wouldn't it be terribly rude if they fell to criticizing what the other ate or didn't eat? God, after all, invited them both to the table. Do you have any business crossing people off the guest list or interfering with God's welcome? If there are any corrections to be made or manners to be learned, God can handle that without your help. Continuing in verse 5, or say, one person thinks that some days should be set aside as holy, and another thinks that each day is pretty much like any other. 
There are good reasons either way. So each person is free to follow the convictions of conscience. What's important in all this is that if you keep a holy day, keep it for God's sake. If you eat meat, eat it to the glory of God and thank God for prime rib. If you're a vegetarian, eat vegetables to the glory of God and thank God for broccoli. Look, none of us are permitted to insist on our own way in these matters. It's God we're answerable to, all the way from life to death and everything in between, not each other. That's why Jesus lived and died and then lived again, so that he could be our master across the entire range of life and death and free us from the petty tyrannies of each other. Here ends the reading. Do you hear Paul's teaching there? We are all guests at Christ's table. So Paul teaches us to practice freedom and practice tolerance. We have freedom with regard to the law because it's by Christ's invitation alone, Christ alone, by grace, through faith, apart from works of the law. So worship the way you see fit. But whatever you do or don't do, you're answerable to God and God alone. So if you keep a holy day, keep it for God's sake. If you eat meat, eat it to the glory of God and thank God for prime rib. Or if you're a vegetarian, thank God for broccoli. We have freedom with regard to the law. And then we are called to tolerance with regard to our neighbors. Tolerance is an old word, but it feels like the best word for today. Welcome with open arms people who don't see things the same way you do. Did you hear that, folks? Welcome with open arms people who don't see things the same way you do. We each have our own stories and our own histories. I think about an author uh, once spent time in a monastery. She asked one of the monks what was the hardest part about living in Christian community. And the monk told her it was fried potatoes. The author was a little bit surprised by the answer and asked him to say a little bit more. He said, well, everybody's mother fries their potatoes differently. And at the monastery, every person had to come together and learn how to eat each other's fried potato recipes. Tolerance with regard to one another. Freedom with regard to the law. So what is a strong faith? How then shall we live? What kind of a faith community honors God and blesses our world? What does it mean to be strong as a congregation, faith, Lutheran Church? I think it's these four words. Hope. Christ alone, okay, that's two words, freedom and tolerance. So first, we put our hope in the promise of Jesus. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. He goes to prepare a place for you, too. This is the free gift of grace and the promise that nothing, not even death, can separate you from God's love. So if you've been wondering if God's promise applies to you in the hearing of this podcast today, I tell you that Jesus is for you. You belong at the table of the Lord. Because Christ alone... Jesus is all you need. Jesus is all that I need, we need. Here at Faith, consistent with our Lutheran Christian tradition, we preach the three solas, word alone, grace alone, faith alone. 
<laughs> Beyond that, every one of us has different views and beliefs about one thing or another, from baptism to communion to end times to spiritual gifts to the nature of existence. People sometimes ask me what Lutherans believe about such and such. My, my response is that people believe and think all sorts of things. What we teach, we teach Christ and him crucified for us and for our salvation. All of it, the Bible, the Catechism, the Augsburg Confessions, 2,000 years of keeping the main thing the main thing. That leaves a lot of room for debate. And yes, disagreement. And yes, that's okay. Because our faith is in Christ alone. Our hope is in Christ alone. And because our hope is in Christ alone, we have freedom with regard to the law. On the one hand, this means that no one, no one else can tell us what to do. It also means that we can be open, we can be brave, we can try new things, we can fail often. We can even form unconventional partnerships with, say, a, a community theater group or a Spanish-speaking Assemblies of God congregation. We have freedom in Christ, freedom to try things, freedom to talk about things, freedom to fail, freedom to learn. And then we are called to tolerance with regard to our neighbors. A strong faith is marked by tolerance of others and others' recipes for potatoes or bacon or worship or politics or gun control or abortion. In this era of cancel culture and book banning, Faith Lutheran Church is radical. We are in the radical center. We practice tolerance in the name of Jesus. So here are four phrases that you can practice in conversation this week. Repeat after me. I hadn't thought about it that way before. Or how about this one? Thank you for sharing your perspective. How about this one? Say more about that. That's a pretty daring one. And then when you get toward the end of the conversation, you can always go with this one. Let's agree to disagree. After all, Jesus has gone to prepare a place for each one of us, which means that we all have a place at the table of the Lord. We don't get, we don't get there because we're right about everything, and we're not kicked out because we're wrong about something. We're there because we're guests, and we've been invited, and we said yes to the invitation. And if someone else is a guest at the table of Jesus and they accept the invitation, who am I to judge or interfere? And as Paul says, if there are corrections to be made or manners to be learned, God can handle that without our help. So hope in Christ alone, freedom with regard to the law, tolerance with regard to our neighbors. That is a strong faith. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening today. I hope this podcast series is helping you for, fall more deeply in love with the God who created you, who loves you, and has a purpose for your life. You can learn more about faith at our website. I mentioned it before, faithshelton.org. Like us, subscribe, donate, sign up for the newsletter. Subscribe to this podcast. On, listen to it on most podcast platforms, including Apple and Google and Spotify. Chaz, thanks for your production work on this podcast every week. And I offer a blessing to each one of you. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. 
I am the way and the truth and the life. That's what Jesus says. I am the way and the truth and the life. That's what Jesus says. Without the way, there is no going. Without the truth, there is no knowing. Without the life, there is no growing. I am the way and the truth and the life. That's what Jesus says. Have a good one, folks. Thank you.